This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Previously on Homestale Radio. Um, I've got a few bits of admin to do first. Happy birthday for... To, no, not two. From all at Homestale... Mm. It's gone really badly. I'm going to try it again. Happy birthday from all at Homestar Radio to Mike Clough, all the way over in uh, Vancouver. I'd like to wish a very happy Mother's Day to all the mothers out there as well. Was that was that creepy? Extremely. I actually jumped up and started singing the Joe Ward. Joe Ward, Joe Ward, Joe Ward <laughs> song in the stand and people were looking at me like I was some weirdo. And they were right. <laughs> they were right. <laughs> <laughs> The referee put his whistle in his mouth and was yeah. about to blow the, the foul, but he knew if he blew that whistle, he had to send a newer half, and he didn't do it. Why? Because he hasn't got the balls to do it. Be Palace fans. Be Palace fans. Not a political party that's trying to prove something. Let's take that. that let's leave that outside of the football ground. That, that's something that happens on the outside. For all our contact information and to send us an email, visit holradio.net forward slash contact. Hello and welcome to Homestale Radio. My name's Chris Hambling and I'm your host today as we look back at a famous Palace win under the bright lights of Sellers Park against title-chasing Manchester City. Joining me to do so are Alex Penge. Hi. Hi. Patrick O'Connor. Hello. Hello. And Albert Curley. Evening all. Evening. evening. Uh, well, it's evening, but this is going to go out as a podcast, so it could be any time when you're listening to this. Do not feel that you have to listen to it in the evening now Albert said evening mm-hmm. no do okay. or, or do um, as it's recorded there's no live interaction for the show this time but you can message us and Nick will cover the best of the contacts we get on Sunday's show which he's hosting as I make my way back from Sunderland head to holradio.net forward slash contact and send us your view on this massive win in other news the Palace Supporters Trust have been asked by the club to organise Fan of the Year award information is on the CPST website palacetrust.org.uk have a little search on there for Palace Fan of the Year all the details are on there and you're running out of time to do that so do it now uh, we've got the po- fundraiser podcast available we've had an amazing response so far people seem to have really enjoyed it and we've raised some decent money for ourselves and Eagle Heights 
Still up for sale now, just £1. So if you fancy it, head to hrlradio.net forward slash premium. Uh, you'll get five hours of Palace Track presenter interviews at retrospective of four years of the Steve P conversations and our selected highlights and an appalling quiz and a lot of talk about tea. Um, since we're not due back until Sunday, we'll skip the news in brief and get straight into the analysis after this short jingle thing. The Eagles Element. News, views and reviews on Crystal Palace. www.theeagleselement.com Things are loud. I think it's my volume settings, but I feel slightly deaf. And there was a load of bass as well on my headphones. It's great. It's but great. you're all anyway. about the bass, aren't you, Chris? <laughs> Don't you need? I'm like, not you, saying the next bit. Come not on, we've got to, we've got to appeal to a, the, the cool younger kids out there. <laughs> Do we? Well, the t- yeah, the tea making debate didn't work, so it, we're going to have to go with popular. <laughs> music <laughs> jingles I, could, I don't get it the kids are surely all about making a decent cup of tea it's there uh, you know it's on the five hour podcast okay, no yes, sugar <laughs> don't don't let's not go there anyway um, we felt we had to do this podcast because of the the dramatic win um, I don't think any of us really expected it but let's find out um, so obviously start with the only change from Stoke saw uh, Kelly back in for Soiree I've seen a few harsh comments on Soiree over the last sort of few weeks or so, but um, I think Kelly's performances have actually improved hugely since the competition arrived. Discuss! I've written discuss in my notes, but usually what I'll do is say, what do you think, Albert? Yes, I'm going to discuss it because you've asked me. Uh, yeah, I, I fully agree. Kelly, I've, he's never convinced me up until Soiree came in, and like you say, it seems to be the fact that he knows that there's someone... You know, a ready-made replacement who's who who is his natural position is left back. It seems he's upped his game, and um, he looks like he's grown into the role. We you know we're all sort of saying he's going to end up moving into centre back next season, or that seems to be the long-term plan. But it wouldn't surprise me if he stayed there because he's he's come on leaps and bounds. It really is. And you think of the performance he just played against, the, you know, the champions of the country. It was mm. it was pretty impressive. Um, he's come a long way, hasn't he, Alex? He has, and. He was outstanding yesterday. I think that was probably his best game in a Palace shirt. Um, he was able to maraud forward um, whenever he had the ball. And, you know, he's really impressive. I think alongside Dan, he could be a really good option next season at centre-back. Um, and he put in some really good balls, obviously, for the uh, the goal. You know, uh, well, sorry, the goal, he, he obviously had that... Uh, that um, He put, no, sorry, the first chance in the first half. Mm. Which which, which um, you know, Zaha put over the bar. That was a really good ball, and he, you know, was off, off, often a, a, a sort of a threat on that left hand side, which was um, you know a great performance from him, definitely. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. And if I could take that on, actually, Patrick, to the to the sort of the, the flip side of the coin, if you like. Um, obviously, you know, you, you got to be kept, you don't want to write players off or anything like that. And and Suarez has, for me, he's actually shown a lot of promise, but. Um, you know, well, first of all, what what's your feelings on Suarez long term? Do you think he's still going to be the long term the option at left back? I think it's definitely possible. I think um, what Pardew's doing is what Pardew does. He's a very good man manager, and I think he um, takes a look at players and how they do from match to match, and he'll make uh, decisions on that. I mean, you know, Suarez out was out for a while. We he put him back a couple of matches back and decided to put Kelly back in. So I think he just wants to. You mentioned that quote earlier about Debushi. He had said earlier how when he first came to Newcastle, how he kind of didn't really adjust to the English game. I think the same thing yeah. with Suarez. I think he just wants to really get him adjusted. Um, 
to, to the way he played. I think I see a lot of promising for. I like the way he goes forward. He's a little reckless at times, obviously, but I think yeah. it's really the pace of the game you have to get used to. And just going, yeah. just following up what Alex just said about um, uh, Kelly. I actually yeah. saw the um, the Steven Gerrard um, uh, Jamie Carragher match, and he actually played set the half and did quite well. He was up mm. against Thierry Henry and uh, Didier Drogba, and he actually did very well. I thought Carragher actually played better than him, but <laughs> that's Jamie Carragher <laughs> for you. <But> he actually, <laughs> No, he looked very decent. Yeah. I think he's got a lot of promise back there for him next year. Yeah, it's it's interesting, really. Um, when Suarez did come on, obviously it was a late sub for Yannick, and you know initially I just thought he was going to be like for like and on the left, but there did seem to be. It wasn't like a permanent shift. It just allowed the team to, to sort of allow Kelly to get narrow and form a three with Delaney and um, and Dan and Ward right. and and Ward and Suarez. Like very, you know, a couple of moments were, were almost operating as wing backs. Um, but you think how far we were pushed back through through a large percentage of the game. I think that's where um, Zaha and Balassi spent most of their time anyway. So, but I just that was an interesting move that you know Kelly could potentially be the third in a back three as well. I'm sure, Joe was happy. <laughs> anyway, um, so I mean the the opening stages. I actually was really surprised in in, in the opening stages how well we played. Um, I, I thought we were actually going to. A little bit like we did against Arsenal, got a, you know, got a bit of possession. We were passing the ball around and making Man City work hard to try and get the ball back. And that, you know, the first, like obviously the opening minute, we got that chance you mentioned, Alex, where Kelly's put a ball in. I think it was um, it started with like a back heel from Blassi to Punchin. He played in Macarthur. He then played in Kelly. Great ball in, and Punchin's a fraction away from it. And then and Wilf, in all honesty, yeah. probably probably could have done better don't you think it, it probably put him off actually the the movement of, of punching in there i think if punching was there probably wolf would have put that away but you know it was a great ball from kelly uh, i think zaha was unlucky you know didn't have much time you know with with the ball in, in his in his vicinity so yeah it was unlucky it was, it was our best chance um you know of the of the, of the first open up 20 minutes of the game and um you know it was encouraging from then on we had a we had a few a few breaks, um, but then obviously after that, you know, City sort of turned it on and just, you know, yeah. had a few chances. Well, to, uh, to, I'll bring bring Patrick in on this on, on this point, really, that shift. I mean, obviously, you talk about expectations before the game, first of all, Patrick. I mean, what are you expecting? You, you, don't, you certainly probably weren't expecting us to go out and have a golden chance in the first minute. No. Um, I honestly would, would have been very happy with a 1-1 with a one -one or 0-0 nil -nil draw. And, you know, when you're playing Champions of England... Um, you don't get to play, you know, get to beat them for us once in our history. We've only done it before. So just playing a team like that, just hoping to just kind of settle the game down earlier and not fall behind. Um, we've seen what's happened when we play teams like Man City and Arsenal and Chelsea, how they put us on the back foot a lot of times and we and we struggle to get create any real chances. So the fact we had a chance in the first minute and just missed it was very encouraging. I think there was a bit of belief, wouldn't you say, as well, Albert, in the way we started trying to play. Obviously, it didn't didn't last particularly long. I'd say probably 15 minutes at most of us sort of going toe-to-toe -to -toe with them in terms of possession and moving the ball around. But uh, good intentions, don't you think? Oh, it was, it was nice to see us try, you know, however short-lived it was. You know, like, I was. It, I don't know if anybody saw the uh, Zaha interview on Football Focus on Saturday. Yeah, and yeah, they sorry, and, yeah. and and they said, "What well, you know? What's Pardew brought to the team, on, and sort of to yourself?" And and Wolf simply said, "You know, hope." And yep. and went to further elaborate that you know he's 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 telling us that we're good enough and we should be, you know, more confident and trying to compete. And that, you know, again, as short-lived as it was, and the possession stats say everything, it was good to see that, you know, that was a real example, and you know, the players do believe it. And 
Yeah, no. on on the possession thing as well, I think it's worth bearing in mind that it's that's not the full story. There was we did we did actually set ourselves up to to let that happen. I think we could quite easily have of um you know, had a bit more possession in the game, I think. But I think we it was quite obvious once once City got themselves going, um I think it was quite obvious that we wanted to fill all the spaces that we could. We, re- we you know, and we got back in numbers, and that's very new under Pardew. And I was very impressed with it, Alex. Yeah, I was saying like we probably had less possession than last season's game. Obviously, last season's game was at a similar point of the season, um, and we had less possession, you know, this season. But I actually thought we were more of a threat this year in terms of whenever we had the ball, and um, we we took advantage of the chances we had. Um, and you know, I think City, even City, I even think City were were much better this season than they were last season. Right, last season they were very decisive, but this season I think they kept the ball better and they had a, a few chances. Um, but, but you know, we we were just 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 a fantastic unit. And saying that, I think we were a much stronger unit than we were, you know, last season under under Pulis against City. I think we were really compact. You know the the, yeah. the the back four worked really well together, always in a line and a you know two sort of solid banks of four. I think Balassi and Zaha pushed back and made it a four, um, well a four with the with the man ahead in 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 Punchin, oh, punch uh, yeah. punch and and um, and sort of Murray helping back as well. We were we were really compact and we made it really difficult for for City and and I think that's the way you got to play against City because City you know that. With the players they've got, the likes of Silver, um, you know, the likes of Nasri when he came on, you know, they, they they're players that can find little pockets of space and can hurt you, and so that's the only that's, way you can sort of get a result against a team like City. Yeah. That's something something I'll definitely come back to in a bit. Patrick, you wanted to make another point on possession. Yeah, very much so. Um, you know, just just what you know, watching the match, I, I know it's a difference between Pulis side and a Pardew side. And I noticed at the end of the uh, game yesterday, Pulis had, uh, Pardew actually referenced Pulis as to how we played late in the game. But just in the beginning of the game, we press a lot higher, and we really mm. wouldn't do that against Team Man City last year. We just thought that would be kind of suicidal. But when you have Wilf and Velasquez to break and obviously punching, um, it makes us a better, more dangerous side, and obviously Murray holding the ball up. So I just think that, that that's a big difference. Like last year, we dropped off so deep from the beginning of that game that we were getting killed possession-wise. But yesterday, you could tell, beginning, you got MacArthur, who would support um, Murray in pressing. If he wasn't doing it, then Punchin would do it. If he wasn't doing it, then Yannick would do it. So it's just a different style, and that style allows us to not get possession, but allows us to be dangerous if we do get the ball, which is what was proven yesterday. Mm-hmm. Albert? Yeah, just to further elaborate, I've noticed another difference between um, Pulis side and uh, Pardew side is that we didn't get Dick 4-1 at home by QPR. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. Yeah, I can't, can't argue with that. <laughs> um, so, I think the warning sign started, like I say, it was probably about a 15-minute mark. So, I mean, bear in mind, we've, we've won this game and I am delighted, despite the fact I sound fairly... Uh, well, I'm knackered, basically. I'll be honest with you. I didn't get into midnight and I had to get out of work at five. So I'm quite tired, but it's so worth it. I've had a smile on my face all day from this. But um, the, the the warning time for me very early on was there was it was so unlike Man City as well. In that um, you've got they've got all these in, intricate passing players and all this sort of stuff, and they occupy these little pockets of space between defence and attack and all this kind of stuff. But their, their first chance was a boot upfield from Joe Hart. That was nearly the entire length of the pitch. And obviously, Spironi has to make a decision there. And um, initially, he stayed back very, you know, momentarily. You're talking two, three seconds, and then suddenly went. And and you know, the 
I, I've watched the highlights back and the commentators refer to it as um you know, as an error of judgment. But I'm not so sure. I, I don't. I sort of. I almost started this to say, almost started, started this critically. But by the end of, of watching it back, of the game, I thought, oh, bloody hell, what's he doing? But having watched it back, I think, you know, he saves a goal uh, with that decision. Okay, he doesn't get there, and, and he's had to rely on a little bit of luck there for sure. But his actions ultimately saved a goal. Uh, Alex, you were just going to jump in there. Yeah, well, it, it's, I hate to say it because it's a cliche, but that was sort of the corridor of uncertainty, wasn't it? It was in the, it was in the area where you, you either got to commit or you got to hold back. And in a way, because Sperani didn't commit, he had a much better chance of, of saving a goal or even saving a red card. You know, you could see him coming out and just you know, bashing into to Aguero, getting a red card, and then it's virtually game over. So, in a way, it was a blessing that he didn't come out, and it was a fantastic save. I still don't know, you know, you know now how he's managed to save that. It's a really extinctive save, and that's, you know, one of the strengths of, of Jules. You know, he's shot-stopping. It's just second to none, probably the best around. Um, and, you know, it was, it, it, it was a great save, and, you know, City just turned it on from then onwards, didn't they, until, until we picked up our, our goal in the first half. Yeah. Uh, actually, you make a really good point there, Albert. Go on. I was going to say, think about um, Jay Rodriguez's goal for Southampton last season. You know, Sproni came bounding out, you know, albeit it was because of a terrible back pass by Punchin, if I remember correctly. You know, and he, he came out and his initial action was just to tear into a 50-50 challenge. And whilst he, it was a clean challenge and he didn't get sent off, you know, he, he lost out on the ball and it was an easy goal. So I think, you know, it was, a, it was a better decision to come out yesterday and just sort of, you know, almost tear out to, you know, a bit of headless chicken, try and put the willies up them and then sort of just, you know, just hold off a couple of yards and make yourself big and almost like a defender, just try and show them down the outside. And, you know, by that time, you've got a couple of people back to cover. And, you know, yeah, like you say, a bit of luck, but, you know, a cool head, I thought. Yeah, cool. Patrick? Well, the thing is, um, you know, is that it came off of a, a Palace free kick. So you have to remember, Ward takes a free kick and Dan and Delaney already up. So on the break, you've got MacArthur and Kelly are back. So if he doesn't come out, Aguero will definitely score. So the fact that it was a free kick, I think Jules kind of knew that and it like just knew to come out. So I think it was really great on him to kind of see what was happening, read the play. Because again, if he doesn't come out, there's no way Aguero doesn't score that goal. Yeah, I totally agree. That's the point I was going to sort of... Uh, sort of fall back on really is that although Silver shot make no, no mistake about it that is going in oh know, definitely the, yeah the guys on the line aren't going to stop that if he goes no. past Sperone because no. they're they're covering the centre and the left of the goal and he's drilled it exactly where it needs to go yeah. and it's own and the thing is it's you saw you think it's almost just hit him but when you watch it in slow motion he's there's a there's a reaction isn't there the arm sort of comes up and just pushes the ball up in the air. It's a, a very, very good save. Um, and it, it's all about positioning and, and being brave and making the right decision. <laughs> and he had a call yeah. to make. And yeah, OK, as we've all said, got a bit of luck. But he, he saved us there and, and deserves a lot of credit for that. So from there, I think it's fair to say we started getting forced back and we defended in numbers. Um, to be a touch critical, if I'm allowed to be when we beat the champions, um, <laughs> Man City were, that, I, I felt, I said it in the first half and it was even probably even worse in the second half when we were defending the two-goal lead, um, that we, we allowed them a bit too much space for me on the edge of the area. And, yeah. and in particular, it was, it was Silva and Torre together. Oh. And they, they kept standing as a two. Um, and they and obviously, you know, they would come out to charge down a shot and they shift it sideways. And then, mm-hmm. you know, the other guy's got to go. Uh, and, I mean, funny enough, I've mentioned Silva and Torre. It was it, the first person to benefit from this this base was actually Aguero. And he, and he hits the post. Um, again, you know, you can call that 
you call that I'd say, well I'm certainly saying it's lucky because Aguero's hit a very good shot there it's come through a crowd of players and just come off the post and then Spironi's had the save shortly after from Silva in a very similar situation the ball shifted to him you know we were a bit slow getting out and, and to me I thought that that was almost a moment those two chances there where it's evident that luck was actually on our side in that game I think we've earned it certainly over the course of the season if, if not that game we've earned a bit of luck but um, yeah, that, that's probably the only time that I would say I, I would be critical of the team. It's the team we're facing. That's where I think we could have perhaps done ourselves a bit more of a favour. But um, is that is that a fair comment? Do you think, Albert? Silence from Albert. I think, oh, no, sorry, you know I, mean? I was on mute. I was on mute there. Oh, oh uh, no, I think that's very fair. Just mm. surmise. No, good. I was just I was worried. I was worried that being critical of. Um, such a great win, I thought. You know, but I, no, I, I didn't. I didn't think we, we we didn't play that well. We I thought I didn't think we were particularly. You know, we had our when we tried to match them in the first half, mm. which was it, like, as refreshing as it was. It wasn't really coming off. I, I didn't think Yannick was particularly good for the majority of the game, uh, and uh, first half in particular, there was so much, so many sloppy passes, and particular mm. sort of, a real. There seemed to be a real lack of communication between. Yeah. Well, not lack of communication, just. Lack of anticipation between Balassi punching and Zaha as to who's going to put the ball Just, where, and the yeah. number of, number of times Glenn Murray headed that ball, and nobody nobody was running on. You know, it was it was really frustrating. This might, I mean, I guess that comes back to what Alex was saying earlier about how, you know you having to play a certain way because it's Man City. You got a view on that as well, Patrick? Yeah, I was just kind of touching on what Albert's saying. You know, Wilf and Yannick were very quiet yesterday, but they were so quiet because of the way that Man City plays. Um, Man City will, will, will force their fullbacks, Klesian, Sonny, to, to attack. So when they do that, both of our wing, well, midfield, have, they have to drop off. They have to mark those guys. So the guys in the middle are Fernandinho, Torre, and obviously Silva. And the fact that there's three guys in the middle, Punch has got to drop back too. So their style of play is very, very strange because the only person that really plays wide is Navas on the right side. They don't really play with a left-sided yeah. you know, mm. uh, player. So they really force the ball either right side or to the middle. So the, we have to, you have to drop off. In numbers, and that's what you that's what I've got to give Ledley. Ledley didn't get any credit out there, but yet Ledley Pettit had a very quiet game, but was so important because he really negated a lot of what that space talk about Chris with Silva and Torre. If you looked up, if you watch the game again, that's what Ledley's going to be the entire match. He's yeah. in those spaces where they can't get the shot off, he's got to play it, play the ball again to recycle it wide or recycle it backwards. So it's just interesting the way they play. They have a very unique style of playing, uh, Man City, and unluckily, we were able to adjust to it and play it well yesterday. Yeah, we were talking about that problem, and obviously, like you say, Ledley being in there, a lot of us yeah. were uh, of the opinion that if Jednak was in there, it'd be a bit more effective. And that's not a, <laughs> that's not that's not criticising Ledley because Ledley has has some elements to his game that Jednak doesn't have. Um, right. You know, and I think there's a good partnership going there. And I'll, I'll come back to that in a bit. But Albert, you were saying something in the chat. You know, you disagree with Patrick saying he didn't think Wilf was quiet. You know, he didn't. He he was involved. I think that's a fair point. Uh, yeah, go on, make the make the point, but. I was going to say Wolf was quiet and was involved, but you've made it for me. <laughs> no, uh, <laughs> I thought, I thought um, flesh it out. Wolf Wolf was in the game. Uh, you know, he was. He was f- credit to him. He, he was. He was. Re- he seemed to be really conscious of his defensive responsibilities. But he was involved in the game. And a couple of breaks that he was tearing up the line and sort of trying to hold off. You know, players like Yaya Torre that are twice his size. And you know, and I. Have, whilst it's whilst it's fresh, I have to give a shout out to the. I don't know how you describe it, but when he he put the ball the other side of Lampard midair with sort of the instep sort of back heel. Second half. That's the second, second half. half. Absolute yeah. 
and Lampard tried to sort of drag him down whilst he was on the floor and he was off. It was unbelievable. And I really, if anyone's got a clip of it on mm. Twitter or YouTube, I'd love to see it. Well, that, but Balassi, Balassi yeah. just seemed more anonymous to me. You know, Wilf, not a great deal came off for Wilf. You know, he didn't, you know, he, he missed that, that chance early on and, you know, didn't seem, you know, didn't get any great shots away or any great balls in. But he was well involved, albeit more defensively. But Balassi just seemed to be a bit, a bit lost for me, and I'm, you know, I'm not having a go at him because he can't, he can't have a stormer every game. But I just thought w- Wilf, Wilf stood out more for me than Balassi. Do, do you know what yeah, I think? I Wilf, Wilf reminded me of you remember him at, at Old Trafford um, in the Carling Cup game where we beat United in the last sixteen uh, a few years back, and sort of you know it was sort of a similar game where we were under the cosh. And then Wilf, just out of nowhere, would just pull out these, these moments of brilliance. Mm. And he would get us out into really sticky situations. And he did that yesterday night. You know, there was certain situations in the second half where you'd be thinking, think, ah, oh, fuck, 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 I don't want the ball anywhere near there. And Wilf would just manage to get it out of there and just spread it to, to Punch and, and Murray. And, you know, when you've got a player like Zaha, you know, he's just phenomenal at times. You know, you've got such natural ability. And we always forget that because obviously last season was his transitional season. Restruggled setting in the Premier League. But we can't forget that this player was bought for £15 million only a few years back. This player was, you know, got an England cap in, in the Championship. This player, you know, at, at, sorry, at 20 years old, got a, got a debut for England. Um, you know, he's a player with just immense ability. And, you know, we, we saw that yesterday in, 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 in flashes. Yeah. He's a, yeah, he's a very much a different player now. Well, he's almost the same player he was a couple of years ago. But, yeah, um, yeah, he's he's matured as well. And like I said, the defensive side of his game was very, very pleasing. Uh, I did notice that your potty mouth got away with you a little bit there. Didn't it? <laughs> Sorry, three I times. Right. I didn't notice that. <laughs> no, no, you wouldn't. <laughs> Sorry. What did he say? I said yeah. fudge. I said fudge, fudge, fudge. There we yeah. go. All right. Yeah. More there of a toffee, go. man. Toffee, toffee, toffee. <laughs> um, <laughs> Interestingly, I, I just I felt the difference between Wilf and Balassi in the game was that Balassi went searching for the ball quite mm. a lot, and then uh, but Wilf maintained his position and uh, and kept was a bit more focused on his responsibilities. But I don't I wouldn't say, you know, I I neither had their best game going forward, and both did did um you know a decent job going going back, and I think Balassi, you know, just did his best to occupy you know the space he's been asked to occupy and try and pre- pressure on the ball. It certainly wasn't a game to to get the best out of them, but. Certainly, very interesting um, sort of topic of discussion that one. But you know, I'd say these these are the games where we, you know, we're we're hoping they do one bit of magic, and and but but to have them doing you know what they're responsible for defensively was a huge bonus. Yeah. I thought. Um, so getting away from that, um, the, the sort of critical side of it, let's have a little chat about what we did brilliantly. Um, and you can't really go anywhere else than Glenn Murray for that. Yeah. Um, I mean, first of all, the, the way he plays the, the you know the striker role, it's just how important is that for you know when I say style of play here. Um, I mean the the winning of free kicks. You know, it's not it's not cheating. He's not taking a dive. He's positioning himself cleverly to win free kicks. I mean, how important is that to um, to the way we're now playing? The way you know the results we're now getting. Go on, who wants that? Well, I got go, Patrick. Yeah. Um, the thing is, it, it, you know, last year we, we all waxed lyrical about Cameron Jerome and the work rate he put in holding the ball up. But the difference between what he does and what um, Glenn does, Glenn wins a lot more free kicks, wins a lot more headers, and he scores goals. So the great job that Cameron Jerome did, and I, oh, Lord, it, he was brilliant last year. We didn't have him last year. We, you know, we, we wouldn't have created the chances 
we would have. But what Murray does is actually ridiculous, especially like I Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. I think he's coming to his own because his fitness level's just gone up, and we've adjusted. And again, he's playing with players he played with in the championship in, in Yannick and, and Wilf, and he just seems that he's just grown into the role. I mean, I didn't think he could do this when he first came back, but his ability to, to the, you know, the thing really is the ability to, 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 to really hold, uh, could contain two defenders, what he did yesterday with Di McKellis and company. You don't get mm. a striker in the Premier League that can do that. When you negate mm. two centre-backs at the same time and you're playing one forward, it just makes it, just makes it so much easier to, you know, to, to chance that you get to put them away. So, and again, and he sees the chance, he takes the chance. I mean, the goal yesterday came out of really nothing, but he was there. Last year, if that was Jerome, not to put him down, but would he have been there to put that chance away? So, no, there's, there's, not, about, many, about there's not many right. players that would be there in our squad. Exactly. You know, pro- probably only him. And that's no disrespect to, to like it, it, Campbell or Gale. It is it's just him. Exactly. Yep. Um, Alex, I know you wanted to jump in there, but just to make yeah. a point, you know that um, you know that your your strikers occupied both centre backs when both are so angry with him. They're doing everything <laughs> that they can. <laughs> Kick him and dig him the entire time. <laughs> and he's just what? getting up, doesn't even look at him. Like I love the bit um when Dean Michaelis, yeah, he shakes his hand afterwards. Exactly. Dean Michaelis' face when he does it, it's just brilliant. Um, go on, Alex. Yeah, so I was saying Murray just used all his experience last night. You know, he, you know, he shielded the ball really well. He won really important fouls in in certain areas of the pitch where we really needed sort of, you know, a pause from play. Um, you know, we, I think Murray, you know, he managed to maintain, you know, the physicality of, of company and Di Michelis. You know, Di Michelis and company are probably the two biggest you know, centre-halves in, in, in the Premier League. And, you know, Murray just had him completely, you know, in his pocket. You know, he was able to, I think he, he was able to make them commit challenges. I think Di Michelis got booked in the, in the, in the first half, didn't he? Um, off, 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 um, I think that was off, off, off a Murray, you know, break. And, you know, I think Murray was just outstanding for us. I don't think there's anybody, you know, in our squad that can play that lone striker role as well as he can. And, you know, it, it's great to see him sort of prove a lot of people wrong. You know, I, one, I for one, you know, I didn't think he, he would be able to, to come back um, as well as he has after such a serious injury. Um, but he just looks like he's carrying on where he left off, you know, just before that Brighton playoff game. Yeah, from, you know, I'm, I'm another one of those. I thought he was done, and you know, I kept saying, "Look, I'd, I'd love to be wrong, and yeah. I've got every bit ounce of respect for what he's achieved at Palace, but you know, he deserves a chance to go and play somewhere else. He's never, not going to cut it in the Premier League, and I'm delighted to be wrong. And also, you know, I feel a little obviously you you can't help but feel a little ashamed that you didn't believe in him, but yeah. um, but you know, I think it, by his own admission, he took a long while to get over the injury. Um, and like I say, I still maintain that spell at Reading where people were saying, oh, we should have kept him and played him then. 
Yeah. You know, and it, it actually had done one in pre-season, to be fair. But I just think that spell at Reading was the making of him as a Premier League striker. Uh, Albert, you yeah. want a bit of a go on this? Yeah, can I have some of your humble pie, please? Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm the same. I was I was sceptical about Murray coming back, and you know, it, I think it was discussed on this show several times, and you know, and th- you know, he came back what. Uh, in January, and uh, you know, showed some some really good performances against, you know, shall we say the lesser teams? No disrespect, you know, he had a great game against West Ham, albeit the red card, yada yada. But you know, I was saying, I, I don't know if I said it on the show, but I certainly saying it to myself, you know, can he? Okay, it's all very well and good doing it against the sort of second, second, you know, bottom half teams, but could he do it against a top four team? And I, have to, you know, and he's he's done it against he's done it against. The, champions isn't he and you know one swallow doesn't make a summer um, I learned that when I was about 16 in Nuki but you know it's very promising <laughs> to, to see if, if he can stay fit and uh, yeah I, I, he was man of the match by a country mile um, to keep yeah as um, as Patrick said to keep company and you know Dimmy McKellis has become a bit of, has been a bit of a laughing stock as a defender but at the end of the day he's playing for the, the reigning champions of the you know the Barclays Premier League uh, to, to keep them busy all night and do it with a plom you know all credit to him yeah absolutely um, so it's, we, obviously we've been waxing lyrical about him and it was he who won the, the free kick um, which played in Zaha for the corner that eventually ended in the Palace goal. It was a strange sort of driven corner from Punch, and it was headed out quite easily at the near post to Ward. You know, Ward hooks it back in. Ledley heads it on to Dan, possibly fractionally off. Uh, I'd say he looked miles off from the half away, absolutely miles off, and we were la- laughing our heads off. But, um, you know, having seen it back and seeing the defender on the far side, it is quite tight. And, you know, it wasn't given, and, and his shot saved, and it's fallen to Murray, and... For me, he's slightly behind the line of the ball, I thought, and, and, and not offside and gets a tap in. But either of those could have been given against us. They weren't. You know, you, you take your opportunities when you get them, don't you? And as as was said, you know, the fact that he was there anticipating that shot, you know, even a, you know, ahead of a defender, you know, you don't know. You've got no way of knowing that the ball is going to end up there. And you just it's just an instinct. And it's great to see that instinct working like it is. And it's not just that, he gets the free kick for Punchin's goal as well, just after half-time. You know, there's that. There's a bit of scrappy head tennis in the midfield, Ledley again heading the ball down. Sort of a sil- Silver's challenging for the ball, and it, it breaks to Murray. He actually takes it past two players and then buys that was, a clever foul was that the, Fernandinho. Oh, was that Fernandinho? It wasn't a Demi Chalice uh, booking, I thought. I yeah, no, it wasn't. No, he, um, he'd, already, he'd already sort of, I don't know, he nutmegged Demi Chalice to go yeah. past, but he was one of the players he went past, yeah. just in the blink of an eye, and then just, just took the foul. Um, I really enjoyed the, the punching free kick. Not only was it a great free kick, um, it was Scott Dan was saying that afterwards that he rarely takes them even in training, and he was joking to Scott Dan that he was going to lay it off for him to have a shot. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, what a goal! And he, and he deserved it. He just looks sensational. Play, as, uh, we're playing through him now, aren't we? You know, he, he's he's sort of the roving. Oh, I hate to say it, Patrick, but he's like a quarterback, isn't he? Is the word, but you know the thing is, because you know, you know, I spoke about this a while back. You know, that move from him to the centre has been the biggest change in our season. I mean, I know that um, yeah. Paul, you mentioned about having a Maverick players and wanted us to have more belief, etc. But I'm telling you, having having a player like Punchin who can pick out a pass, who is so technically gifted. Yeah, he gets the ball away a little bit when he's you know defensive in a defensive third sometimes, but just the, his way of playing is so perfect for playing in the middle of the field. And when he was on the outside, you would always say, and I would always say, you know, he'd, he'd, he'd be so slow sometimes going forward. But him being in the middle has been such a revelation. I'm so glad, whether by design or by luck, we've moved him to the centre. He's been such a bad player. 
Um, I've, yeah, I'm just trying to think what we'll do. We'll go back to you, Albert, on the free kick. No, I was going to say, very quick one. Um, I've had two, mo- two moments this season, two free kicks, because I sit, I sit right behind the, the goal in the Homesdale. I've had two moments this season where a player's hit a free kick and I've, I've shouted yes about a second and a half before the ball's gone in the net. First one was Yedinax against Liverpool and it happened again last night, opposite end, obviously, for Punch. And the moment he hit it, the moment it just sails over the wall, you can see that Joe Hart's getting nowhere near it. And I've got to say, it's a great feeling to, to, to see a goal go in before it goes in because it's sort of like yeah. you're some sort of um, like Mystic Meg. <laughs> glad you, I'm really glad you made that reference. Um, so if, if, if anyone hits a free kick at Sellers and you hear just a lone voice going, yes, then you know there's going to be a goal. <laughs> Start celebrating, yeah. <laughs> um, go on, Alex, you want to talk about punching? Yeah, it's, 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 it's phenomenal, really, how, you know, how his form's picked up you know, since December time. I think since Pardew's come in, he's, he's had more opportunities. I think, you know, the appointment of Warnock didn't really help punching. You know, obviously, towards the end of last season, he's probably our, one of our best players. You know, I'm just thinking of standout performances, you know, against Cardiff. Um, and a few other sides and sort of that Warnock appointment didn't really help him we all know about the history between the two and then since Pardew's come in he's just been absolutely phenomenal probably our player of the season um, the amount of chances he's creating as well I think um, I read somewhere that you know he, he's created the third most amount of um, chances in the Premier League in 2015 only behind Silver and Azard. so you know he's, in, he's you know, surrounded by sort of illustrious company um, and you know, he's just completely, completely just, you know, absolutely bamboozling most, you know, of, you know, Premier League defences. I think he just looks phenomenal in there. And it's at his age, I know we spoke about this in the past, at 27, you know, it, it, it it's, it's such a shame because, you know, it'd be, does he have a chance for England now? Does it? Is he? Is he? You know? Is he? Is he too old for an England place? I don't think so. You know, for the likes of, you know, Downing, um, can get in the side, um, at his age, um, then why can't Punchin? You know, Punchin just looks like a far better player than Downing at the moment, and you know, it's, it's, it's good. Good on us. Yeah, I said it a couple of weeks back. Um, I, I thought, you know, if Punchin carries on playing like that, he's got to get a shout. Um, you know, already the the the. You know the calls for Scott Dan are great and louder as are the calls for 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 Joel Ward and you know potentially you know Wilf Sahar as well. Um, he was spoken to by Roy Hodgson after the game apparently. So there's there's a lot going on. But Punchin's one who I, I do think he has to keep that going for a, an extended period of time. We talked about it before, didn't we, Albert? That um, it ended in quite a joke. A joke that we used in the intro quite a lot that you made about. Um, when Terence referenced his off off the field activities, but um, I think if he just keeps his head down and keeps working the way he is, it's got you know recognition has got to come because he can he still can play that role at wide quite effectively as well, and you know who knows where he'll get a chance internationally, but you know he, he's versatile as well as you know he's he's technically a great player, he really is. It's just it's coming together for him now, and it, it's great to see. But um, I, I have to say I don't I think he'd do. You know, there's other clubs he'd do well at, but I think where he is now, I think he is is in the exact right place 
to get the most out of his career, I think. He's, to be honest, he's, he's, a, Zaha, he's a perfect he? age, isn't he? He's a perfect age for us. I don't, I don't see him moving elsewhere, which is his perfect position for us as a club. That you know, he's he's obviously been at Southampton. I don't think he'd go back there. Um, would 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 Swansea buy him? Probably not. And then you look at the top six. I don't think they'd purchase him. So you know, in a way, it's perfect situation for us. And you could even say the same about Dan. Uh, do 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 we see some of those big clubs? You know, look to come in for for Dan. Maybe Tottenham. You know, oh, maybe yeah, Dan, may, I'd, I'd say probably probably Dan, but in a way, these players like Punchin and Dan, they're at a perfect age for us. They're in their peak, and it's just looking good for us. We're not gonna, we're not a team like Southampton where we've got lots of, you know, these young players that have got potential of leaving in the summer. We've got a, a foundation definitely for next season. If we bring a few more players in, then you know the sky's the limit, definitely. Mm. Well, I'll talk well. We'll talk some other time when we're not celebrating a great win about whether we'll hold on to players. I think. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, I have to go. No, uh, I vaguely heard you over the over the top of, uh, of Alex there, Albert, saying that you think Scott Dan would be one who would be targeted elsewhere. I think I agree with that. And um, yeah. But yeah, I also agree with what you're saying, Albert. That um, Wilf is and and Punch are very similar types of players at different times of their career. I think Wilf will have a chance, obviously, to go and move on again. Um, see if he takes it, but but at the moment the best place for both of those players is is at Palace. Uh, Patrick, well, as Alan Pardew said, he wants to manage a big club. We're a big club now, so there's nowhere punching or Dan are going anywhere. So I'm not worried about it. Whoa, 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 whoa. whoa. Well, we're not a big club. We're on the way to being a big club. I wouldn't say we're a big. I, I listen. I, I query people like Chelsea saying they're a big club. Yeah, good point. We're on the way to becoming a bigger club. How about that? Well, I tell you what. We're fucking massive in Fulton Heath. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. How about in South Norwood and Croydon? <laughs> we're, we're massive in South London, full stop. There we go. I just I just bailed out for a second there. <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't no, listen, no, listen. I, I've, I agree, you know, heart over head. I, I agree, but head over heart, all I, all you see is people walking around in in Arsenal and Chelsea shirts. So we've got to change that. Um, but don't get me wrong, we're on the way there, and a new ground, bigger capacity. You know, the more success and investment will equate to bigger bigger names coming and playing for us. But you know, big big club. There's there's a lot of people that that gets banded around far too much for me. Yeah, yeah I agree with that. It's all gone a bit <laughs> serious, isn't it? That's gone very serious. Um, I'm going to drag us back to the game. Um, uh, we uh, we scored our second goal on 47 minutes. Um, I have to say that is the moment I started clock watching, and the tension was just unbearable for me. Um, there were moments where it was punctuated by some good chance and some stuff happening out on the pitch. One break from tension was um, when Torre missed a free kick. The the amazing oh. Mr. Mark Ross started the chant of "You're just a shit, Jason Punchin," which uh, which built oh, built around the stadium. But was, how long um, did it take him to start it? Because we know he, he struggles uh, to get uh, a sentence uh, out. I think you're just hey, just uh, come on. I think he Mark, began it. In the, listening, he began it in the first half, and yeah. But no, he that was off season. <laughs> it was a good moment I, you know that, that broke a bit of tension um, but it was just it was getting horrific there were moments where uh, James, let's talk about James McCarthy actually his dancing feet <laughs> twice um, broke the tension actually once in the first half out wide to send Ward through to win a corner uh, but it was the one where he dumped silver on his 
ass. Brilliant. Just sudden change of direction. He is. It was great, and he did a he had a great goal. In fact, two goal line clearances. There's one in the first half, and one I don't know how he's hooked it back over the bar in the second half. Um, he for me is is not only is he a great player, but everything he does work and you know the work he does and the, he seems to be like a really bubbly positive character around the place as well um for me he's he's player of the year you're talking about punching earlier it's between him punching and dan undoubtedly i don't i don't think anyone else is going to break into that three um but but they they're just brilliant and and it sort of brings me onto the discussion we've sort of had a few times uh Jedinak's back now of course um the Ledley MacArthur partnership uh, with Punchin ahead of him. Can, realistically, can we break that partnership with the way where things are currently going, Albert? Uh, well, uh, funny to say that yesterday on my way out the ground, Yedinak was by the uh, director's entrance, and there was a, a huge crowd of people trying to get a picture. And as we walk, and, or autographs, whatever. And as I walked past, someone said, "Oh, we won't get home tonight." And I couldn't help it. It just came out. I just said, he won't get back in the fucking team. And just, and just skulked <laughs> off into the night. I felt bad. It just came out. But um, I, I, he is going to have to... I, I don't know. Who, who, do you, who, who do you get rid of? And yeah. how do you justify it to them? Yeah, you, you, I think on form, you can't justify anyone being dropped. And you know, But what I understand is that Joe Ledley has been carrying an injury for quite a while. Uh, and I think this will be taken as the opportunity to rest him to see if that clears up. I, I can. I think Jed and that will come back in, and I think I basically ignoring the elbow. I think how he performed against West Ham. Um, I think that's that's what will get him back in the team because he was immense against West Ham. He was he was obviously on one, you know, and it, it got the better of him in the end. And you know, maybe Pardew will, will see him having to earn his way back in. But I just think that performance was top notch, and I don't have any issue with Joe Ledley, and I, but I, you cannot. Under any circumstances, drop James MacArthur uh, because I think he's he's pretty much been the heartbeat of the side without the captain in there. Uh, go on, Patrick. Yeah, um, you know this is a, an interesting question, and under Pulis, I would say there's there's no chance to get back into the team based on the fact that Pulis doesn't change a team, let alone a winning team. But I like the way Pardew's done the whole Soiree Kelly thing. We have no idea why he switches it. We can all speculate, you know, tactics or whatever. But if you notice, like I said. Boris and Kelly have pretty much, you know, gone back and forth, you know, and then if Boris doesn't play, he's come on as substitute. So I think that um, Pardew will find a way to get Jedi back in the team. Maybe not this next match, but I can guarantee he'll play after that. And I think it will be, like you said, Chris, maybe an injury to Ledley or whatever. But I think that he's not afraid to change the lineup, whether it's winning or not, just to get keep players on their toes. I think that's why like his management style is so so good for me anyway. Yeah, I, and I maintain that there that game we we held out and we did brilliantly to hold out, and you know all the lads deserve great credit for it. But I maintain that that Jedinak in there would have made would have made some of those moments just that little bit easier. And it's not, you know, okay, he's one of his major strengths is in the air, and they weren't playing the ball in the air, right? Uh, so you could argue that maybe that wasn't the game. It, but for me, it's just the interceptions, the you know, and and how proficient he is at tackling. You know, MacArthur's decent at ta- tackler, but, um, you know, he's nothing like the tackler that, that, that Jedinak is. And I think we miss that at times um, when we're under the cosh. And that's that's where we need him, and that's where we need our captain. Um, and I, I don't know, it's, it's strange to see it, isn't it? We almost... It, he was like... I think he's been called it by a commentator in the past, not to take credit for this, but he's like the manager out on the pitch. Um, and I think we need need that less under uh, Pardew than we do under Pulis or 
you know, or Holloway before him, or even Dougie before that. I think we need that a lot less. But I think while while he's out of the t- team, it's easy to forget what he brings. That's just my view. There you go. <laughs> um, <clears throat> excuse me. We're nearly done now. Let's um let's clear up a few more bits and pieces. Uh, when City brought Lampard on for Jeco, who I thought was very poor. Uh, I thought the pressure built hugely after that, and it wasn't long after that moment that um, there's a little handball by Glenn Murray. Anyone see that? No, no, no. you made it up. You made no. it. Oh, I didn't see anything. <laughs> I didn't see that yeah. one or the Joel Ward one against Stoke. I missed both of those. It's weird. Yeah, it's weird, isn't it? I mean, they were going on about it on, on Twitter, and they said something even in the highlights. I was watching it. I just didn't see it. No, I mean, in all honesty, that that you know, that's as blatant as they come, really, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. Murray said after the game that he felt it was more ball to hand, but um, <laughs> yeah, all right, all right, Glenn. <laughs> it's sort of more more ball to hand, yeah, yeah. Okay. But but can I just point out, and I did put it on cool. Twitter last night. I didn't see Man City players surrounding the referee at their place early in the season, insisting that James MacArthur was five yards onside <laughs> when he scored his goal. Yeah, do you, on, do you know what I mean? I know, you know, it's, it's cliche. It swings around about, and it you know always evens itself out. But, you know, they've got 250 billion squillion pounds worth of talent, you know, in their squad. And they're, and they're having to resolve to petty arguing and surrounding the referee, which Manuel Pellegrini said they wouldn't do because they're not like Chelsea. Yeah. You know, and yeah, like I say, we had our own injustices to, to contend with. Yeah, exactly. No, I, you know, I, I don't. It's no point um, saying that we only won the game because we were lucky. Uh, we were lucky in the game, but. You know, we, we've earned a lot of that. And the, the performance yeah. was great. The performance was excellent. And even, you know, Torre's gone through and scored a very, very good goal there. But after that, for me, the, it's not just the way the team pulled together to defend, you know, defend that the one goal lead that we had. It was the crowd, the crowd, the place just got louder and louder and louder. And all of a sudden, it was like Liverpool last season again. You know, the, the, the chants were just rocking the whole stadium. It was good all game, but... It was when, you know, it was the first time, I think, almost this season where the crowd has just all of a sudden pulled together at the same time, knowing that the players needed that boost. And, you know, that's why we all left as happy as we did, not just the win. It just felt so much better because, you know, it felt it felt like the joy of last season was back all of a sudden. And I hope we carry that for the rest of the season. Real quick, I um I noticed on the on the television it really I mean I'm not kidding it's probably the last I've ever heard Celeste Park was yesterday so I'm thinking that you think the HF protest and the fact that people decided that on their own they're going to really cheer more help do you think just a coincidence that you know the protest was done and now that everybody's on the same page I think yeah sorry sorry are you called Chris are you called did Patrick go Alex no he didn't he go Chris no he didn't didn't he yeah <laughs> anyway, Alex, you were saying. Yeah. <laughs> no, go on, Alex. I'll let you fucking answer it. <laughs> um, no, I was just saying. I think there's something about Celeste under the lights. You know, even even in the promotion season, I think you know we managed to get some really big results at home, especially that that whole four-one win. Uh, I think there are a few other results in that season. You know, last season under Pulis, I think we got a few good results against the teams around us. Obviously, we had you know the Liverpool result at home and. They're just they're just that atmosphere um, under lights of sellers, something that you don't really see at other grounds and you know around you know around the Premier League at the moment and it, you know it, I, and I think that's probably why we're being you know put on the television more um, you know I think 
you know broadcasters like Sky want to see us, you know, pull off these these giant killings that we've been you know known for, you know, against Chelsea and Liverpool last season, and and we're sort of you know delivering, aren't we? We're you know definitely delivering under yeah. at Celest. Yeah, I, I sorry. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right, and it's partly what I was going to say, but I just think there's a lot of factors that came together. Yes, and I think, Patrick, you're absolutely right to bring up the HF thing. It, it was, I think, them, they, you know, them coming back to what that they, they do every week anyway, I think right. was a big lift to people. Because I think, you know, in the back of some people's mind, they were wondering if they might not just, car- just carry yeah, on the same exactly. way, you know, and just, for whatever reason. But they were... Um, you know, they were in good voice as well, but I, it was noticeable that chance came from other areas, not just of the homestead, but other areas of the ground as well. I know, there were, you know, there was a fair few that came from the Arthur. The Arthur was, you know, back at back W was as loud as I've heard it, I think. You know, go, well, going back to the Liverpool, Liverpool game last season where I thought the place was going to actually explode. Um, I, I, you know, it, it, was, it was just consistently loud for, for a good 10 minutes. And, the, you know, the Alan Pardew's Red Blue Army chant sort of reverberated around the stadium for quite a large percentage of it. And I know the City fans sang, I'm sure they did, but I did not hear a peep. It was, you know, it's one of those where it was way too loud, you know, in the home end to hear a thing. Uh, well, that I they heard sang. them once on television, that's it, once I heard them, the first half, that was it. Yeah, there you go. Um, is, that when they were, is that when they were throwing stuff at... Um, no, actually, it was before that. Yeah, that was terrible, by the way, but it was before yeah. that. Not, not quite as much attention in the media on that is there yeah I noted that too yeah Yeah. interesting odd isn't it yeah it's almost Mm, you know you get a persecution complex couldn't you for stuff like that (laughs) (laughs) big club bias that's what that is yeah anyway um, well we're still we are a big club Patrick (laughs) oh yeah sorry (laughs) we are we've got got to change our mentality you know that's that's an example of it still not even sure yourself are you Patrick but we're getting there we're getting getting there. there Again, there. Anyway, this was supposed to be a short podcast, and it's nearly an hour. Um, so well done, <laughs> well done, everyone. It's <laughs> um, another little reminder at the end here that uh, you can download a amazing five-hour podcast featuring. Oh, you, are you all in it? You weren't, were you, Alex? I wasn't. No. Oh, I was gutted. Gutted. Couldn't uh, talk to you. No, I know. <laughs> oh well, but um, but there's a fair few of us are involved in it. Um, it, it, it was it was fun. Go to hlradio.net forward slash premium. It's just a quid, and twenty percent of it goes to Eagle Heights. Um, no matter what happens, and we've made a sizable donation to them already through that, which we thank everyone for who bought it. And obviously, also thank our regular donors and who, who donate for no props. Anyway, you're all amazing people. Um, oh, Alex thinks we should end on man of the matches. It's Glenn Murray. Glenn, Glenn Murray. Murray. It's enough said, really. Yep, there it is. Yeah, there it is. All right. Cheers, boys. Uh, Thank you very much to Tav for producing, to Alex, to Albert and Patrick for joining me. And thank you very much for listening. We'll be back on Sunday with Nick Gillard in the chair. That'll be... Oh, God. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, give him your your support and make sure you get in contact. It's going to be broadcast in black and white, that one. It's going to be fantastic. (laughs) Fantastic. Yeah, make sure you uh, make sure you get in touch um, before then with your views on the city game, everything we just talked about. Hlradio.net forward slash contact. Goodbye. It's the ninetieth minute. All your mates around. 
You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mate's already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.